You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love in the midst of our post-Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks, and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Old friends and new friends. Old and new. If this is the first time you're listening, um, you have a lot of episodes to catch up on. Pour yourself a cold glass of milk and get your Oreo cookies out. <laughs> oh. And let's pretend it's Is the that, 1950s. That's right. After school snack. <laughs> right. I, I drank milk as a kid myself, uh, but it's something I do not do now. To, to the point where, like, if somebody asks for, like, a glass of milk, if an adult... Is drinking milk yes. with a meal? What's I'm, I'm wrong always with like, you? "Are you 12? <laughs> What's happening right now?" Uh, I was I was yeah. on a call this week, uh, a video call, mm-hmm. and it was in the evening, and someone was drinking a big glass of milk in the evening. In the evening, weird. And it was an adult, yeah. and, I, and I was like, "What That's, are you doing? Yeah, what is? What do you? What, did you lose a bet? <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. Anyway." Um, well, there, I'm not sure there were where no milk... cookies involved, Matt. I don't. No... I didn't see any cookies. It was like, and it was like one of those big uh, ball jar glasses too. Mm. So, it, oh yeah, you know, it, re- it reminded me of like you know, like being on a farm and like yeah. having yeah. a fresh yeah. glass yeah. of. You he know, just milk. went out to right before the, the cohort call. Yeah. Got, he's got cheesecloth on the top of the cup to strain out the uh-huh. uh, cow teat the, hairs. The, <laughs> you know, the curds. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we clearly know a lot about farming. And uh, a lot about milk. 
that's why people tune in. That's why you tune in. Hey, if you are, if this is your first time listening and you're confused at this point, um, I would not blame you. My name is Ben Sternkey, and I'm here with uh, the my, my two co-founders uh, of Gravity Leadership, Matt Tebby and Ben Hardman. Um, and uh, yeah, this is the Gravity Leadership podcast. We want to we want to talk today. Uh, we want to riff on a question that we got uh, yes. via email. Um, and so let me read the question, and then let's just talk about, about this issue. So somebody wrote in and said this, I have a couple of people who report to me. This is probably a, a pastor, I think, uh, who wrote this, a, a Christian leader of some kind. I have a couple people who report to me. I am struggling with the balance between managing and micromanaging. I want to lead fully from a place of collegiality, where we can work together and get stuff done effectively with a high degree of quality, this does not seem to be successful at this time. When I push in and try to drive the ministries a little more, there seems to be resistance. Mm. So there's not like a, a super—I think, uh, think his question is implicit. What is the difference between <clears throat> managing and micromanaging? Yeah. And how do we— He's using the word manage here in a more healthy way. How right. do we manage people that not only is good for them, but is good for the organization? Yeah. And he's also expressing the frustration that when he wants to, he wants to have this relationship of collegiality, where we're working together, we're getting stuff done. Partners. It's good. Partners. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're a team. Uh, but it doesn't seem yep. to be working like that. And when he tries to push in, and again, without talking to him, who knows what he, what what we're really meaning by this, but he says, when I try to push in and drive the ministries a little bit more, there seems to be resistance. So um, have you guys ever encountered anything like this in your ministries? Yes. And I, I'll just say this too. Nope. No, I think you're done. Hardman. That's great. Hardman. <laughs> Hardman's got all the answers. Nope, I'm going to let him talk here that. in a second. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking, I think the same question holds true for parenting hmm. as well. Yeah. I think yeah, that's good. You, we can micromanage our kids or we can love our kids. You know, oh, um, and I'm thinking of an example with mm -mm. one of my kids right now, where I'm learning about this. But uh, Harmon, you have thoughts about this? Yeah, I I think for me a lot of this. So what I'm learning about leadership is so much of this is about my own motivations in my own heart, and and so it's mm. discerning why am I driving and pushing, and what are my motivations for driving and pushing, right. and what's what's actually happening in me because there's moments where I want to micromanage just because somebody's annoying me mm. or just because they're not doing it the way that I would like them to do it mm -hmm. or because their process is slower than I think my process would be. Uh, and so I've got to learn to really check my motives and discern when I step in and become directive am I doing this out of a place of deep love for this person where I want the best for them and yeah. I actually want to guide them and direct them? Or am I doing this out of a place of um, annoyance or frustration or irritation? Mm -hmm. I'm an apostle, so I always want to go, yeah, right? So yeah. we're not getting there fast enough, those kinds of things. Yeah. So let me, hmm. Ben, I think you just said something really profound. If you don't manage yourself, yeah. you'll end up micromanaging others. Yes. Yeah. In an or attempt. not managing them at all, <laughs> right? Or, right. Yeah. Depending on what your strategy yeah. is, like, yeah. yeah. Whatever, whatever your strategy is, what you're actually doing is managing your own anxiety. 
basically by, by tra- like by controlling other people, by controlling other people, or by ignoring the problem, or by you know just sort of hoping they get it right next time. Like yeah. what you're doing is managing your own anxiety. So the first thing to pay attention to, I hear you guys saying, the first thing to pay attention to is my own anxiety or my own my own agitation, frustration, annoyance. Right. If there's agitation, if there's anxiety, like I have to tend to that and say, well, why is this here? Um, yes. If I don't know why it's there, I'm just always going to be reacting to it uh, and sort of taking it out on the people that I'm leading. Yep. Great. Solved and, it. And there's a so. way to there's a way that we deal with challenges and problems in the church that allows us to cast blame mm. and push problems away so that it becomes um, this is this person's problem. This mm. is because they do it this way. This is because he didn't preach a good enough message because they didn't say this the right way because they're not. Op- and, and what we do when we do that is we actually pull away from doing things as colleagues, which is what like the question expressed, like we want to do this together. Yeah. And so if there's a problem, it's not a, this is the problem and you're the root of the problem. It's mm. our problem. Mm-hmm. And we want to love each other enough to work together to solve it. And so I think there has to be a filter there. Yeah of like, what's my filter for discerning when I step into becoming more directive, right? Yeah. It, and, and how do I discern when it's appropriate for me to step in and, and say, no, I, I need you to do it this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, uh, oh, I'm just cogitating on all that. <laughs> Good. I can, I can hear it. I don't, know if, I don't know if the mic is picking it up, but uh, I hear all that. No, I... Uh, I think that's good. And one one thing that's really helped me in this, uh, that that's helped me move toward people when I'm in a frustrating situation. Uh, we have a phrase at Gravity Leadership we use quite a bit called, um, the first truth you tell is the truth about yourself. And so that's been really freeing for me, um, because the, the first truth I think I see is the truth about what you need to do different, right? That's when I'm frustrated or agitated or annoyed or, or feeling anxious about something that's not going mm-hmm. right so to speak. The first thing I think is, oh, I need to tell you how to, how to do it right, right? What I'm learning is, I, I don't necessarily, like, because that doesn't do good relational work typically, um, and I'm, like, I'm not always right that that's actually what needs to happen, you know what I mean? Um, and so uh, the first thing I am learning to do is just to say, hey, um, I have to confess that like when you, I don't know, preached, a ser- preached that sermon last week, I, I felt a sense of agitation. And I'm realizing, you know, it's it's because of this or or, you know, maybe it's maybe it's not, but uh, or, you know, in the situation that that uh, this this person wrote in about, maybe there's a way to approach uh, the people that these two people that report to you and just say, "Hey, I'm sensing anytime I try to push in and and try to work, here's my desire. I want to work together as colleagues, but I sense that every time I try to push into that, that it doesn't do good work for us relationally. I'm sensing resistance or like Am I perceiving that correctly? Yeah. What good. what's happening here? Yeah. Like can you talk to me about what's happening in your heart when I when I come in and 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 try to engage you? Okay, that's a very concrete example Ben of how to embody what Harbin what you just said. So mm, yeah. so when when micromanaging seems like a good idea to me, mm. I've already decided that you're the problem. Yeah. And I can fix it if you listen to me. Mm-hmm. Um when I when I actually seek to love somebody, I I know that I can't control whether or not somebody else learns something or mm-hmm. grows or changes. I can control if I learn something and grow and change and create the culture as the leader 
where growing and learning and changing is expected, necessary, vital, crucial. So when I come to somebody with, hey, I've tried to lead you in X, Y, and Z, and I feel like I'm failing, and I want to get better because I really want to be an advocate for you, Mm -hmm. and I think that you're awesome, help me understand what's going on. I'm demonstrating to that person the posture that I want them to take as well. But yeah, rather yes, than demand yeah. it through, you know, dictate dictator kind of like benevolent dictator sort of demands, mm-hmm. I'm demonstrating it and inviting them into that transformational yeah. space too. And you create the space. Yes. Like in in approaching with in that posture, you create that relational space and then you invite that person into it, right? Now, there's no guarantee it's going to work. Yeah. So to speak, right? They may not want to enter in. They may be too scared. They may think of you as but, the boss and they can't they can't come in, right? Yeah, isn't that the myth though, Ben? Like that there is this like technical way of leading that if you follow the template and if you do yeah. these five steps and you become the expert in technical leadership because you're the leader. Yeah. And so the myth becomes I know the answers because I've read the book. I know the answers because I've been doing this for 20 years. I've got Mm. this all figured out. And so we lean into this myth of technical leadership or template leadership rather than being adaptive leaders who actually are responding to what the Holy Spirit's doing in the midst of our challenges and and and, and understanding that the way the Holy Spirit may guide us and direct us and lead us to, to, to face this challenge may not be the same as the way he did it 10 years ago. Right. And it may not be the same as he did it with the church down the street. Right. But I'm acknowledging that God is always present and at work and that he's present and at work in this challenge. And mm-hmm. so let's figure out what God's doing and let's pursue yeah. that together. Right. So it's, it's about discernment. Yes. Uh-huh. It's about discernment. You discern what God is up to, but you do have to leave aside your expectations about certain outcomes. You have to yeah. you have to say, well, that may never happen. This person may never become a good preacher. They may never maybe they're in the wrong role. Who knows? But you will you will never know until you open the space for discernment through yeah. your own vulnerability yeah. and love. Yep. So can I put can I give like a real tangible example of this happening in real time in my life? Yeah. Like it's happening in parenting right now. Hmm. I've got an amazing ten year old uh-huh. and he is having this pattern where he wakes up super grumpy not looking forward to school and asking for everything he can't have <laughs> and then complaining that he doesn't ha- get it. So he asks for screens and he asks for special drinks at breakfast and he, you know, and then after school it's, and milk. so, yeah, uh, no, milk. <laughs> no, cause, cause dad, dad drinks all the milk in this family. Uh, <laughs> no. So anyway, and I find my, my, my default strategy is to try to talk him out of being grumpy. Yeah. Right. I just trust my mouth to do mm-hmm. way more work than it was intended to do, right? <laughs> so I'm like, you know, f- hey, trying to chat him up, and when he's grumpy, like, naming him being grumpy, and, you know, you can get glad in the same pants you got mad in, which never works. He always gets more grumpy after <laughs> I say that. Anyway, <laughs> all this stuff, right? And I'm realizing that I'm basically um, creating a triangulation. All right, hang with me here. Okay. Deacon's committed to being grumpy, mm-hmm. and I don't want him to be grumpy. So now we are triangulating around his grumpiness. He's, he wants to be grumpy. I want on him not to be grumpy. And it's like this antagonistic fight where, okay. you know what I mean? He just gets entrenched. So triangulation, not with a third person. But with his grumpiness. His grumpiness becomes the third element in your relationship. Yes. You guys can't talk directly with each other because no. all, you, all you have to do is argue about grumpiness. I, I'm wanting on him to not be grumpy. And he's like resisting my wanting on him because he's a human and humans hate that. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? Humans don't like pressure. Humans don't like you trying to control them. Yeah. Even good control. Right. So here's what I'm learning to do. Uh, I'm learning to just own, like you mentioned, Ben, like telling the truth about yourself. And Harbin, you said managing yourself. Just telling Deacon, hey, buddy, I'm frustrated. I want to spend time with you. I enjoy spending time with you. And I throw out all these great ideas that we used to enjoy and you don't want to do any of them. How can we connect? How can we be together? So the the task is to recruit Deacon as an advocate in his own growth mm-hmm. rather than me be an adversary about what's wrong with him. Yeah. The other thing I noticed about what you did there is you invited him into, like, you went beyond your desire for him to stop being grumpy into, like, a positive, uh, like, a vision gospel-centered, of good. we could even say. Like, there's a vision of goodness that, that you want that you're inviting him into, rather than just a uh, a vision of like trying to trying to help him know how he's doing something bad, yeah, doing something wrong. And I know this is really pedantic, really. You know, I mean, this is like common. We all have kids, and they all are. Well, that's why I think it's helpful. But, but I'm. I mean, I'm just having to learn that I can't argue Deacon into what I want him to be. Mm-hmm. I can't micromanage Deacon to stop doing what I don't like. But mm-hmm. I can appeal to him and say, hey, this is what I want for us. Do you want that? Then yeah. help help me understand how we get there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm struck too, Matt, by like, there, I, I think there's probably some like Enneagram 8s or really type A people right now that are like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> that's passive, right? Mm-hmm. That's pa- like, we, we don't just like... Like we got to lead, and and so what we're what we're advocating here is not passivity. It's it's not that we're not present to what's going on. We're mm. we're advocating a new posture in the way that we wrestle yeah. with this stuff. It's very active. Yeah, I mean passivity in your situation, Matt, would just be, you know, put yeah. your head, you know put your headphones in, check Twitter, just get your get your own glass of milk. Yeah, yeah, check out. Say hey, if you're gonna be grumpy, just go to your room. Yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah, just punish yeah. him. Yeah. Or which would be kind of call out, or just me check out. Yeah, so it's moving towards people, and this is this is the task, right? This is how God moved towards us. He moves towards us. He's given us His Spirit that's called the Advocate, mm-hmm. right? And like fighting for our good, the Holy Spirit is actively fighting for our good. And so, how do I learn how to take on that that posture with things that bother me? Yeah, people that bother me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is what they're doing bothering me more than my desire for their good? Usually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so you get to repent first, yes. right, as a leader. Um, but it, it is a very active posture to take, to say, I'm going to move toward you, but I'm going to do it as I see God moving toward us in Christ, yeah. right? Which isn't to, to, it isn't to come and say, here's the 18 ways you're doing it wrong, um, you know, Get your act together. Yeah. No, he comes. He comes in Christ, and you know, invites us in. Right. And you know, the cross is is the emblem of that. So. Right. Well, I got a I got a question for Harbin. Uh huh. Let's say we let's say we do this. We move towards somebody as an advocate. We we manage ourselves before micromanaging them. Let's say we do everything quote right, <laughs> and they still yeah. don't change yeah. or deliver or uh, or. The outcomes that need to happen don't, right? Yeah. What yeah. do you do then? Yeah, you tell you, us. You you either fire them or you quit. <laughs> okay. That's, Thanks that's for listening it. to this episode of the. No. That's, that's all.
No, that that is our dominant imagination, isn't it? It's like, all right, I yeah. can ramp up the threats. You have to deliver on these outcomes, or you're out. Um, I'll love you as long as as long as I can. Mm-hmm. But if love doesn't work, then I have to fire you. I got some stuff in my back pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, there's there's the like the the predominant American business culture which the church has adopted of like we're going to put you on a probationary period, right. and we're going to give you a, an improvement plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or, or some of those types of things. Yeah, you know what, Hardman? Um, we, we, Strinky and I were talking to a friend over the summer who basically was a workaholic, codependent, crazy guy, and he went to his church and said, hey, uh, I'm realizing I'm unhealthy, and like my wife's going to counseling, and she's mm. telling me, you can't continue to do this to our family. And so he went to his church and said, I, I got to stop working 60 hours a week and saying yes to everything and get healthy. And the church, <laughs> the church was basically like, we're going to put you on a probationary period, uh, a, a plan, a discipline plan, because they loved what they got out of this guy. Sixty hours a week. Yeah, said yes to everything. He's making everybody happy, working <laughs> overtime. And and Harmon, like, um, he, they're like, we'll put you on a six month probationary disciplinary period. Yeah. And after yeah. three months, they fired him. Yeah. <laughs> so you're right. Like, churches lose their biscuit yeah. when you begin to say when you begin to do these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm curious, yeah. Harmon. Like, what do you do? Like. You know, yeah. How do you, what's I the mean, imagination there? So, so I think as a leader, I, I think you have to step into some of this stuff and and say, hey, I we've had this conversation and I don't feel like you're responding. And so what's going on? Like we yeah. we talked about this, we had this discussion. I I'm I really want to walk with you. I really want to discern what's going on together, but I don't feel like you're responding to that. So help mm-hmm. me understand what's happening there. And, and I think mm. one of the things that we do oftentimes is we swoop in and out of micromanagement, right? So, mm. so we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll be this kind of buddy who's walking with them and then we'll just swoop in and be like, I need you to do this. Yeah. Uh, and it, it confuses, right? It confuses people. Like one of the things that I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, one of the things that I often do is I want to be directive, but I don't use directive language when I'm discussing things. And mm. so I say things like, if I were you, I would do this, or maybe you should try this. Right. Rather than just saying like, no, yeah. I I need you yeah. to do permission forms when our children go off site. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, like I, yeah. it's not a good idea. Right. We have to do that. <laughs> right. right? right. Uh, and so I think sometimes we're swooping in and out of these postures because we're afraid of like a lot of times what we do is we jump from ditch to ditch. So I'm terrified of leading directively because I've been led so poorly directively. So right. then I never lead directively. Right. Um, so Until I it's think absolutely it necessary. And then you kind of swoop in as, as the jerk. Overcompensate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I'm really good at doing that, right? Like <laughs> I, I'm, I, I fail in that way all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I, think, I, I think there is a huge challenge of like, what do you do when a staff person isn't bearing fruit? Yeah, so I've got a buddy mm. who's, um, long story short, and making a story that's got a lot of particulars very general. <laughs> I'm going to do it on the fly here. Ready? Okay, right, quick. Makes for great podcasting. There'll be a lot of beeping yeah. in post-production. <laughs> I was talking um, with my friend, Boop. Bob Smith. <laughs> no, uh, uh, a lead pastor who'd planted a church left abruptly. Uh, the elders basically told him, you got to get out. And he left, and most of the staff that he left behind was like, oh, thank God. 
and some of the staff remained loyal to this guy who left, and my friend kind of stepped in as the interim pastor. And he had these basically factions on his staff mm. where you had the loyalists, you know, to this old guy, yeah. older guy, and yeah. then the, the people that were like, thank God, that's over. Mm-hmm. And he, he had this question, like, it would be so much quicker, more efficient, maybe like uh, better in the short term if I just fire these three employees. Yeah. Be- because they're talking to the guy that left, they're actively working dissent, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, I'm talking to this guy weekly and he's telling me what he's doing and it's brilliant. Like he's mm. meeting with these people and saying, he's saying a few things. One, I know you didn't choose for this to happen and I know this is really hard for you and you're conflicted and I I, I can really appreciate how difficult this is for you. Mm. Two, the culture that we're establishing now is different from the culture that you were hired into and you have to decide if you want that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, that's fine. And I'll write you a great recommendation letter for what you want. If you do want it, know this, three, it's going to be stinking hard. It's going to be really hard. I mean, I'm, I want you to make this turn, this shift, but it's going to be really hard. So count the costs. Like, and four, let's talk about what benchmarks or guideposts we can agree upon mm-hmm. to indicate that you're wanting and willing to make this shift. And, he, and so he just kept coming back to that. And he would say, hey, we talked about these four things. They're not happening. Mm. Tell me, can you tell me why? Uh, and eventually he had to say, listen, I want you to flourish and I want you to enjoy where you work. And I, and I, it, it can be hard here, but there's like a hard that leads to resurrection. And then there's a hard that just leads to Sheol. Mm, and, so, yeah. and so if you don't have an imagination for how you can flourish here, I want to, I would be, I will be standing as your primary advocate to go get what you want. But I don't know how much longer we can stay in this one foot in, one foot out place because it's not doing good work for you. Mm -hmm. You're telling me this and it's not doing good work for us. And I don't know how to lead you here. Yeah. And he said, I, he said he had to have that conversation three times. Mm. The third time he had it, she just broke down in tears and she said, you're right. I've been scared to death of leaving. I don't know how I'm going to provide for my family. And he like, you know, this is a this is a person who has been doing a lot of bad things behind the scenes, talking bad about my friend. But in that moment, he was able to say, "I get that fear. What what does it look like to send you out of here with you know what I mean?" And then she, and then she's like, you know, she can tell whatever story she wants mm-hmm. when she leaves. But my friend was like, I was an advocate for her the whole way. Mm-hmm. Yes, and for our church. Yeah. But I didn't have to choose one or the other. I didn't have to protect our church from this person. Mm-hmm. Yes, so good, Matt. Anyway, Bob is doing a terrific job. Bob, Bob's <laughs> really Bob good. Smith. Bob is nice killing job. it. Bob's no, I, yeah. it's so good. And here's here's the temptation. Like I've actually heard pastors say, "I understand why NFL coaches clear house when they join a, mm, like a yeah. new team." Yeah. I've actually heard that statement made, and I'm like, I cringe at it. But the the difference is treating people like commodities that are there to accomplish your mission versus treating people as image bearers of the most high God who are your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so it's how do I leverage everything I have for my brothers and sisters, even when they're not acting like good brothers and sisters, right? Like how do I walk beside them and love them and serve them and model a different way? And so Mm. when I'll be honest, like when I started in ministry in the mega church world, I fired a bunch of people and I did it like a jerk. Uh, yeah. And I can honestly say over the last, let's say 10 years, maybe, maybe 15, 
I, I have never fired anybody, although people have chosen to leave our staff. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. yeah. because what it's become is it's become a discernment process for them yeah. and a me advocating for them to be the best. And if this position isn't the best place for you, I want to help you find where you're going to come to life. Yeah. And I want to find you, help you find a place yeah. where, where you're, you do fit with the culture and it does work. Yeah. Really and, and then there's that one, one percent where, mm-hmm. where you say, Hey, this isn't working. And they say, yes, it is. It's fine. Yes. I'm doing awesome. Fine. And you're the problem. And at that point, as a leader, honestly, mm-hmm. this is where you pull out the pastor card. and You tell them, that, no, this is where <laughs> you just say, we're at an impasse here. I don't have an imagination for how we get past this. It, like you're telling the truth about yourself. Yeah. Right? I don't understand how we can continue in this relationship the way we are mm-hmm. because we fundamentally disagree. Mm-hmm. Right? So you like th- that's your job as a leader to say if there's foundational, fundamental yep. uh disalignment. Is that a word? Yeah. It is now. Yeah. Then we can't continue, and I, I think at that point you just provo- you, you're provoking the the decision. You're you're saying this is a crisis. We can't just sweep this yeah. under the rug. We have to do something here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's Matthew 18 too. I, I think at that point sure. that's when I'm really bringing in the the body of elders or the local board or whoever it is that you're working with in your community that's providing right. leadership to help you discern together to say it feels like you and I are at an impasse. Mm-hmm. And so I want to bring in some other voices into this conversation that yep. will help guide us and direct us. Yeah. And I think that's a part of communities being mutually submissive to one another yeah. is that we like I'm not the ultimate authority on everything that's right. So that right. authority could come in and say, actually, Ben, I think you're wrong here. Like I think that yeah. you're not I think you don't have the right perspective here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um and and I want to help you have a different perspective or see things differently. Yes. That is really crucial. Yep. All right. Is that, is that a wrap? I think so. That was good. That was a good conversation, so much to guys. Say about there, that. there is a lot. It it, it ends up uh, touching a lot of uh, areas in life, but I, I do think it always it always comes back to um, it always seems to come back to a commitment to vulnerability. So I'm telling the truth about myself. It doesn't mean I share everything I feel, but it means that I I in these situations I move towards you. I demonstrate and I move towards you with things like here's what I feel. Here's what I want. Here's what I see, right? But it's always it's yeah. it's the truth about me. These are the things I see, I want, I feel. Rather than accusations about you. Right. Right. It's about me, and then I invite you to say, "What do you see? What do you feel? What do you want?" Yep. And let's see if we can work something out, yeah. right? Um, and it's always it always then the goal ends up becoming not some predetermined outcome that I think should happen at the end. You should get fired or you should get on board or you know, meet your benchmarks. But the goal becomes that I empower you to sort of go after what you want once we discern that. Rather than overpowering you or disempowering you, I'm empowering you yes. to say, like, go get it. And if you don't want to be the college pastor, if you want to yeah. go be the youth pastor, yeah, then you have to go do that. Yeah. If you don't want to be the women's yeah. uh, knitting club president, yeah. if, you'd, if you want to go somewhere else, then own it. Do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh, you want to drink milk? You drink milk at you, seven o'clock at night. You suck. In that full white. view of everybody on that coaching call, Fla- they were yeah. flaunting their milk. Really? Were they? Yeah. It was like it was two yeah. of them. It was you like said pers- they. Yeah. Uh, they, well, I'm like trying to not be gender specific. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm using the gender neutral they. Okay. Uh, but you know, like if I hold my milk up really close to my camera, it looks gigantor. That's what mm-hmm. they were doing. 
I think they were just uh, flaunting their freedom. Yeah, they their were, Christian they were freedom. like, jealous much? I'm drinking yeah. milk, and it's Thursday night. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we love your questions, so send them to us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Mm-hmm. We're happy to discuss them uh, and ramble on about them. But it, 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 yes. it's really good to hear from you, like the things that you are wrestling with, and it, it actually helps us as leaders yeah, think really through does. and talk through uh, situations with our 10-year-olds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And uh, just to mention, too, um, Gravity Leadership Academy uh, basically sponsors this podcast, uh, in a sense. How much, uh, how much are we getting from them? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> We're getting uh, the, the, the folks who run that uh, donate their time to this podcast. So anyway, they, um, uh, I, I'm facetiously saying they, but um, if you're interested in this, this is basically what we do in our, in our coaching and our training, our Gravity Leadership, Leadership Academy. There's a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. But we, we train in this kind of leadership and we use the actual uh, situations and relationships that you have right now in your leadership as the, the, the playground, if you will, for how, how to work this out. How do we learn how to lead in love? How do we learn how to empower people? How do we learn how to lead like Jesus? That's uh, that's what we take 10 months to do. So check it out if you're interested. All right. We'll see you guys. Peace. Peace. Next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you enjoy learning from this podcast, please be sure to show your support by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. Be sure to share with your friends on social media too. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. You can join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.